Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with the scripture reading and a message. We would love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins on the corner of Napa and Hopkins. Or if you connect with our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley. morning is found in Hebrews um, chapter 11 verses 29 through chapter 12 verse 2 Um, and you can find that on page 226 in the New Testament portion of your Bible. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as if they were dry as if it were dry land But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection, Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, 
persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the pioneer, perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. share about, and as I believe many of you know, a group of five Epworth folks and myself were in Tucson uh, to offer assistance, uh, any assistance that we could at the Inn, a respite center that's run by a collaboration of United Methodist Churches in the Tucson area. And the, the Inn opened its doors in December of 2016, but I, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. The Inn is kind of, you know, that conjures maybe a bed and breakfast or, you know, or, or, or maybe the, you know, the kind of the no room at the end idea of, of Jesus, which is where the name draws from. But it, really the inn is the length of basement underneath the sanctuary of First United Methodist Church Tucson, which is a large, it's a large sanctuary, so it's a large space and there are several separate rooms there. It used to be the youth space um, it's a basic space. Uh, it has cots and it has a place for children to play. It has showers. And so the, the inn provides showers and fresh clothes and food and much needed sleep for thousands of mothers, some of them pregnant. Um, some, the, a couple of the mothers who were there while we were there were pregnant. Fathers, children, babies. And typically, the inn serves about 60 people at a time. That's its capacity, and, and through, especially through the, the cooler months, it is at capacity. But while we were there, the inn had uh, fewer than expected guests. Um, the, the summer is a time when a lot of people don't travel through the, de through the desert, so we knew that it would be um, lower numbers. The, Temperatures were extreme while we were there. Every day was in the high 100s. Um, a couple of days, I think our, our car thermometer showed over 110. Um, but we knew even though that there wouldn't be a lot of guests there, there would be things to do to assist those who were there and prepare for the many people who, who are coming. 
um, once the weather turns cooler. But as it turned out, the two families who were there really were having their needs met by the regular volunteers at the inn. So we focused our, on our first day on organizing and cleaning projects. And on the afternoon of our first day, we had the joy of witnessing the arrival of an aunt of one of the families. And as the, the, the children, uh, four children swarmed around this woman as she walked through the, the door, um, she, was, she was about to take the family to Phoenix where they would await their immigration hearing. So we had the opportunity of, of seeing their joy and then they left. And then there was only one family left. And um, overnight, after we left on our first day, that family departed as well. And our second day, we really completed everything that they had for us to do. And so through a conversation with the United Methodist Campus Minister, the campus ministry is really basically on the same site, adjacent to the inn. We learned of two projects that welcomed volunteers, End Operation Streamline and Humane Borders. So it began to feel like even though we had a plan, we had an idea of what we were going to be doing in Tucson, God had something else in mind for us to do while we were in the borderlands. Operation Streamline was established as policy in Texas in 2005, and it, it quickly spread to other border states. And through Operation Streamline, crossing the border was changed from a civil offense to a criminal offense. So after being initially detained, Immigrants must now go before a federal magistrate, and they can be, um, this can be done in groups as, as large as up to 70 persons. After no more than 10 to 30 minutes of conversation and preparation with a public defender, the, the folks are, are in front of basically a, a federal judge. And typically, migrants accept a plea bargain, which changes their charge from felony to a misdemeanor. And in the case of re-entry, it comes with a 30 to 180-day day prison sentence. So the rationale for Operation Streamline was that the, the consequences would become so severe and the stakes would be so much higher and the treatment so much worse that Operation Streamline would act as a deterrent to folks crossing the border. Um, as a deterrent, Operation Streamline has been shown to have no effect on border crossings, but as a way to generate profits for private prisons uh, in the United States, Operation Streamline has been shown to have a significant effect. Operation Streamline and the criminalization of migrants has contributed to record profits for companies like GEO Group and the Corrections Corporation of America. So the End Streamline Operation Coalition, which we uh, learned of through this campus minister, is a faith-based group that organizes to end this practice through demonstrations and witnessing and courtroom observation every day at the federal courthouse in Tucson at 1.30 p.m. 
And so we, since we had done what we could do at the end, our Epworth decided that we would connect with End Operations Streamline and bear witness at the federal uh, courthouse. And we didn't have very much information to go on. And this is, this is how you know, organizing and activism happens. You think you're gonna do something and then you have a conversation with somebody else and you learn one piece of information that sounds significant and you kind of try to follow that. And so what we, the information we had was go to the federal courthouse in Tucson, take the elevator to the second floor and look for a humanitarian type looking person. <laughs> so we did that. So we thought that, okay, we're gonna do this. So, so fortunately the Holy Spirit led us right to her. So we, we got onto the elevator and um, you know, we walked into the building. If you're in a federal courthouse, the whole intention is intimidation. So you have to go through you know, all of the security and it's all very quiet and a lot of people have guns. Um, so we get onto the elevator in that environment and then a woman gets on and I thought, I think this is her. She looked a lot more like a humanitarian than a lawyer. And I'm not saying those are mutually exclusive. But, you know, I said, you know, are you part of uh, End Operation Streamline? And she said, yes, she was. And she really, she became our guide for the rest of the afternoon and gave us an excellent briefing on what was, what was going on and what was going to happen in the courtroom. And then we all went in. And within a, a, a few minutes, a group of about 30 men and five women came in. Their brown skin browned further by sun exposure, each of them in five-point shackles, inhibited from walking normally. The journey of each person after weeks and months of traveling through hot and perilous conditions had ended here. A few turned around to look at us, and one man in particular kept turning around to look at, at us, and I, and I was grateful for the eye contact with him. After all of what he had been through, his face still had held hope. And a question of, do you see what is happening here? An affirmation of his own humanity, even if the shackles around his body were designed to diminish that fact. Each person in the first group pled guilty, and our humanitarian guide, who was recording the proceedings and taking notes on variations and sentences, told us that they would have been deported that day, back across the desert, and then, in many cases, another attempt to cross the border into the United States, but this time with the stakes even higher, because under Operation Streamline, re-entry, um, is the, then is what leads to a prison sentence. Our scripture today from Hebrews opens with the words, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. And then the scripture goes on to recount many who persevered by faith and continues Others who followed faith were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, 
destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. It was impossible for me to read this scripture without thinking of the hundreds of thousands of persons who are now crossing our southern deserts. Throughout history, people have migrated and the journey has resulted in persecution, imprisonment, and in some cases, even death. The day after we sat and bore witness in the courtroom, we headed out at 6 a.m. with the group Humane Borders to fill water barrels in water stations in the desert. The water stations follow migrant trails, uh, which are, are barely visible when you look out into the desert, but our, our drivers and guides showed us, and when they pointed to the trails, you could see them. And then the water barrels are placed strategically by analyzing death maps, literally maps with red dots where persons have perished due to exposure and dehydration. Many of these persons died alone, either because they traveled alone or because their traveling group had to leave them. Each blue Humane Borders water barrel had a sticker with the Virgin of Guadalupe on it. They were interesting, and so we asked our guide, what, what are these stickers? Why is the Virgin of Guadalupe on the barrel? And um, our guide, Mike, who is a retired police officer from the state of Washington, told us that the coyotes who take money to guide migrants across the border tell them that the water in the humane border's barrels isn't safe that it's been tainted with gasoline or other poison. Why, why do they do that? Because they are selling water themselves. The sticker is supposed to be, hopefully, an assurance to the migrants that the water is safe, an answer to prayer. The faithfulness of the migrants was evident at every turn to us, faithfulness in a God who desires their safety and fullness of life, faithfulness in a savior who understands their suffering. The scripture from Hebrews closes with these words, yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better so that they would not apart from us be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the brokenness that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of joy was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. For the writer of the letter to the Hebrews, this passage was about the power of Jesus Christ to bring to fruition the hope of people of faith, not to diminish in any way their faith or their journey or their story, but to say that there was an, ad an addition, there, to say that there was a way to redeem in some ways, to bring forward in a new way a cloud of witnesses the line, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and brokenness that clings to us and run with perseverance the race that is set before us is a well-known 
and well-loved piece of scripture. I'm sure you've heard that phrase, the cloud of witnesses. I think of my, my own grandmothers in my cloud of witnesses. I think of Jean Audrey Powers and other persons of faith who I know have struggled. I know have had moments where they felt they couldn't go on. And yet they have, and I hope you have your own cloud of witnesses too. In the phrase cloud of witnesses, the writer of the letter to the Hebrews was referring specifically to the long list of persons from the the totality of the Hebrew scriptures who struggled in faith and who are set before us as examples and guides. Times were hard in those days. And the writer was trying to say that even, even without the example of Christ, these persons persevered, sometimes overcoming and attaining their goal, and sometimes not. In Christ, these cloud of witnesses can offer the additional assurance that a suffering God accompanies them in their struggle. The truth is that times are hard for migrants these days. And all of us bear the weight of knowing that something terrible is happening around us and particularly at our borders. The only way through to the other side of this is to act in faith day by day to show up, hopefully in community, if not always in community, community must be a part of the equation to listen for the movement of the Holy Spirit who guides us in new directions even when we thought we were going to be doing something else. One of the things that struck all of us was that when we went to the weekly organizing meeting of Humane Borders a couple of days before we went out with them, we, we didn't know again what we were going to find. We had an address and we knew the organizing meeting happened at 5.30 on a Wednesday. And so we showed up do a couple of a kind of a complex of low-lying buildings and some really amazing murals and it wasn't clear which building it was and it was in the back and I got there a little late so I had to text Molly and Becky and Molly came out and guided me sort of into this this building it looked like nothing was happening and we went into the building and around the table were seven people average age of about 60 maybe 65 who are the core of a lifeline of hope and health and life for hundreds of thousands of people. When the bad news that surrounds us seems overwhelming, the good news is that we are surrounded by not only a great cloud of witnesses in history, but in the migrants who act in hope and perseverance, a great cloud of witnesses in today's time. They call us into the future and all of those who are acting in faith, particularly on the border, call us into God's future and inspire us and embolden us to act. If those who travel across countries through deserts and valleys encountering untold dangers and suffering can face all they encounter, what can't we face? On our last day in Tucson, Rose Kimber shared with me the words of a pastor in New England who we both follow. His prayer for the day seemed to have been written just for us, and so I share these words in closing. 
sustained by those who have come before, who endured so that we may be brought this thus far, we carry on against all odds, against all opposition. We are not intimidated by the thought that we will not achieve our goal in our lifetime. Of course not. This is not for us, but for our children's children's children. Our little triumphs and failures are ennobled, not by our successes, but by the immense grace of the work to which we devote ourselves. May we follow all of our great cloud of witnesses and the one who promises always to walk with us, God with us. Amen. Oh.